Yes, yes. Welcome back to the Block is Hot podcast. You were just listening to some good old-fashioned gangstar R.I.P. to Guru, and that was Bad Name. I am your host, Famous Amos, a.k.a. the Unidentified Black Male, a.k.a. Mr. Unidentified, a.k.a. Soul Brother Number 3, a.k.a. your mother's last mistake. A.K.A. He went that way. Last but not least, Billy Bordeaux. And with me today, we have a special guest appearance because we do not have fellow blockhead. It's Tim Redhose, A.K.A. Plato got stacks. A.K.A. Your mother's favorite brother. A.K.A. Timmy Busnuts. You're about to be introduced to a a world traveler. A man of many names, many faces. He may not give all of them to you today. But he is a different individual, different type of breed. And he has an opinion of like no other man I've ever met. It's been a while since I've met <laughs> seen this guy. <laughs> Let him introduce himself. All right, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. My name's Tom. Been a friend of Fame's for many years now. 
I don't have any aliases, but hopefully by the end of this podcast, <laughs> that'll change. And uh, yeah, I'm here to talk some shit. And that's what we like to hear. We are here to talk some good old fashioned shit. Before we go ahead and get into this show, I would first like to go on ahead and apologize. By the time you guys are hearing this, you're going to realize that we missed a week of the Block is Hot podcast. Yes. Yes, we missed a week. Tim was nowhere to be seen, off lost in the mountains of Mount Chiliad, doing cocaine with hookers, probably getting chlamydia. I was off saving Broncos in a foreign place. Bronco, what is the Bronco? That that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. All we have to say is that we're sorry. (laughs) But F's in the chat for Tim. Yeah, F's in the chat for Tim. He's still gone. Still, still gone. We did want to let you guys know that we still have our book of the month for the month of October. And for those of you that aren't reading... The book of the month is Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail in 1972 by Hunter S. Thompson. We're going to break that down in the month of November. Go ahead and check it out. It's not that expensive a book. Uh, it's on sale or regular price for $10.99 on Amazon Prime. Make sure you go ahead and cop that book so you'll be in the loop for that episode for the book of the month. And just be well read on fun conspiracies and shit. Comic book of the week. This week there is no comic book. I have not been reading up on the comic books. Um, yeah, just no excuse. Just meh. Hmm. Oh, the music's real loud. <laughs> well, let's just get in with the shits. I mean, what's up, Dom? It's been a minute. What you been up to? Well, traveling, barbecuing. Oh, I love to barbecue a lot. Um, running some social media accounts for a travel website. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Going on another trip abroad in about two weeks. Oh, dope. So uh, where are you going on this trip now this time? Uh, Thailand again for about... Uh, the 10th time. Yeah. Thailand, huh? Yeah. Any particular reason why you're so fascinated with Thailand? What is this, like your third trip? Oh, no. It'll be the third trip this year. Sweet Jesus. Um, uh, so many reasons. A lot of the reason I travel for is food. Like I said, I love barbecuing. So experiencing all types of different food is a big reason and Thai food if you've ever had it is quite exquisite how would you say like um, just compared to let's just say how would you compare their dishes and like even like their quantities like their portion sizes compared to our portion sizes and quantities being here in the states would you say that they give more less equal or is it um, like they fe- they want to feed you until you just can't eat anymore well thailand has always had a huge 
plethora of foods. While other countries might have poverty, and while Thailand might have poverty, there's never a shortage of food. Um, there's a huge amount of fresh fruits, vegetables, rice. Um, so no matter what your economic situation is, you're still well fed. Um, and in their culture, they don't really have breakfast, lunch, and dinner like we have in the West. Many times they'll eat five or six meals a day. Gener five or six meals a day? God damn. Yeah, generally They're still smaller. like thin over there. Like yeah, and, and with a lot of rice. Rice with every meal usually. So would you say that like, there's like a lot more like misconceptions about like traveling abroad over to these like places? Because I know you've been to a lot of places in Asia that a lot of people probably haven't. Do you think there's kind of like some places are like it doesn't get the and I'm not saying that these places get a bad rap, but it's kind of like they're overlooked because they may not be the Bangkok or something like that. These major cities, you know? Well, yeah, absolutely. Some of the neighboring countries like Cambodia, Laos. And Vietnam, especially, yes, because yeah. uh, the U.S.'s history with <laughs> you the, know, just... the obvious history we have with the country. Um, a lot of people would assume that the citizens of Vietnam would have uh, negative emotions towards Americans. Well, that's not really the case. They recognize the separation between the person and their government because they have their own difficulties with their own government that they don't have a say in so they recognize the separation between the individual now out of the, all the countries in asia that you've been to and i know you just mentioned that thailand is your favorite but is there a specific like region because i mean you may say thailand is your favorite but i mean would you consider specific dishes within each of these regions like which one would you have like because um like even though like asia is not the united states it's a bunch of regions that are still linked within a specific area. So it's like, okay, that's like their neighboring nation of Asia. Like wh who would you say would have the, your favorite iconic dish, like out of all those Asian countries in that little, well, even within these countries, they, the food is very regional. Um, so even within Thailand, within Vietnam, uh, the Northern food is way different from, the northeastern or the southern or the western food because it's mainly what they can grow locally so if i had to choose one it would be isan food from the northeast isan food now what, what would you say is their like feature in that region very spicy very oh, spicy extremely spicy food um uses a lot of which might turn some people off fermented ingredients. Um, but in general, all of Thai food is good. The Thai food you'll encounter in the States, with the exception of a few restaurants, will be very dulled down pretty much to accompany a Western palate. Hmm. Pretty interesting, pretty interesting. So how many uh, countries have you traveled to in total? Um, I haven't done the count, but I would say around 30. 30? Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure out of all those times you may have had 
an interesting experience going through customs, going through, or just like maybe just having like a poor experience traveling and flying. Like, what, what, what's your worst like flight experience? Well, my worst flight experience was on a China Eastern flight. We had a layover in. I don't know if you can say the C word. They may ban us. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just fuck with you. you might need to apologize tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, we had a layover in Nanjing, and the flights on these Chinese airlines, from Los Angeles at least, the flight itself is perfectly fine. The staff are friendly. The airplanes are new. The food is decent. As B says, any airline food will be. But it's the layovers in China that are a pain in the ass. Um, on this one particular layover, they took the whole plane and without any explanation put us in an, a waiting area with nothing to sit on. So we're just sitting on the tile floor. Um, there's no way of connecting to any sort of internet. There's no... There are restrooms, so we can use the restroom. There's water fountains, but they were, they would not give us any explanation. Um, there's no way to connect to the internet, so we're sitting there for about five or six hours before they finally let us through to board our connecting flight at the absolute worst last minute. So that was a pretty interesting one, and now that I'm thinking about it, I had another one in Manila, Philippines. Where maybe someone was like a spy on the plane or some shit. They thought you guys were like some like yeah I mean, CIA you people. You never know. Mm -hmm. You never know. It's like we individually may stop someone. They said, "Nah, fuck it. <laughs> we go individually, just like randomly search a flight." Yeah. What can we do? That's crazy. I mean, I've had. I used to fly a lot as a unaccompanied minor when I was a kid because I had parents split up across the country and I had some bad experiences as a kid even um, flying by myself at about 11 years old getting stuck in Indianapolis airport because like I think a guy had a heart attack on the plane what the fuck <laughs> so they had to make an emergency landing but then we're in the airport for like 36 hours in a waiting room before we were able to board another flight, and I'm like 11 years old. That's that's a, that's a day. <laughs> to get back to Manila Airport, day and a half. <laughs> this gave me a real sour taste of the Philippines, which thankfully has turned good because the Philippines is an amazing country. <laughs> um, but my first time to the M Manila Airport, just on a layover, the entire it was a, during a really bad storm and the entire ceiling was leaking rain inside the airport the restrooms were overfilled with feces and it's just not the experience you want before taking off on a 12-hour flight like it doesn't make you feel <laughs> <Holy> safe shit. <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> but i've been to the airport a few times since then and it is not Why? like that at all i've not that's so fucking foul, dude. I'm, I'm not sure fucking why high. on that particular time. And you can't even complain because you know it's so not bad. it's not America. Like you can't just be like, yeah. oh my god, where's your manager? Like no, yeah. like motherfucker, if you, we will just keep you here. 
everyone in the airport was having a bad day and like I feel like there was like some camaraderie amongst the passengers like yo this is some bullshit yeah, was, right no one was speaking we were just sitting there quietly the whole airport just knowing that it was miserable mhm was it you just you solo oh no it was it's a major airport there were a lot of people Dude, but I'm saying on that flight particular, was it just you solo, or was there other people with you on no, the flight? No, on that uh, on that trip, I was actually with uh, my mom. My mom does travel with me uh, every once in a while. She likes to backpack. Just no, like your mom's dope. Yeah. She's really fun to travel with. But fuck, so your mom had to go through that same shit yeah. too. Like, yeah, she was damn, tough she's a beast. Hey, but the funny thing is, I can picture your mom being really optimistic about it, just like you know what, just get we, hey, <laughs> fuck it, like just we we gotta sit through. They, <laughs> the damn. so the flight actually was overbooked, so they offered us a complimentary flight back to Manila. That's awesome. If we were to stay, and they would have put us up in a hotel, but at this point, after being in this airport. The absolute last thing we want to do is stay any longer. I agree. A, a free flight was not worth it. We just wanted to get home. Yeah, that would have been. That's uh, that was clutch. That was clutch. Cause I mean, they could have just said no. But nobody wants that type yeah, of PR. Yeah, the Philippines is developing quickly. So if you do have an interest in going there, I would suggest going ASAP. So like the, like I said, this was only five years ago, and now the airport is already beautiful, clean, no leaks from the roof. Oh, that was just their normal waiting room. Oh, it wasn't even a waiting waiting room. That was their airport. I thought you guys got like detained or something. Oh no, no, just no. their airport. I'm speaking of separate occasions. The in China, they held us in like a waiting room. Okay. Without any explanation, but in the Philippines, the airport was dilapidated <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 oh my god I, I thought this i thought the completely different thing i thought like wait a minute you were held so which one had the overflowing feces the philippines oh so that was before they got yeah. their shit renovated and updated the china china was clean just scary yeah <laughs> yeah well I, I wouldn't want to be held in a communist country oh no no, not at all. Even for a um, connecting flight, they make you go through their own customs, which is pretty serious. They have these, you walk through, like, they it machines that detect your temperature and they scans your face to tell if you have, like, sickness, I guess. They can tell if you have the flu or whatever. Bruh, I saw that same shit in I Am Legend. Yeah. China is movies. <laughs> it's like TV shows, but in real life. That is that is my whole theory at this time. I don't know if I've, if you've heard this, but I truly believe that all these futuristic movies and shit that we see in like George Orwell's 1984, it's all it's all been like built for China. Imagine how they used to be before Western influence. Like, granted, they weren't as strong, technically, but, I mean, it was like the, the country itself was fire. But then, all of a sudden, it got really good at doing shit, got good at producing, got it, but just, it's, it's communist. If it was, like, a democratic nation, they'd be probably kicking our ass. You know, if people could vote, leave, have more than one kid, 
before they changed that shit recently. But, you know, like, imagine the Chinese with our constitution. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not sure that would really work. Their ideals are so different. Their culture and work ethic is... I think a lot of people underestimate that, but the growth of their economy is just proof of how hard a lot of their work ethic is. Similar to the reputation that Japanese get. What if we overestimate it? Like, what if, like, they bank on that whole thing that all, that we think, oh, well, all Asian people are just really good at math. What if it's like, no, 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 we fudge the numbers. I don't really mean how... the hours they're willing to put in us americans are i know again what if it's all the front like what if it's really like chill over there it's like nah there's no hong kong protesters getting beat maybe we should (laughs) it's like like they're just lying like you know i I actually (laughs) i heard a uh travel vlogger talking about now is a good time to visit hong kong which is kind of true the flights are cheap right now the accommodation is cheap. Is there a flight risk for Americans? No, you're fine. Oh. Yeah, flights are cheap right now to Hong Kong. Accommodation. That would be a terrifying thing and, to do. And it's if you're a supporter of the cause, I mean, they could use your dollars. You know, supporting local businesses. And a lot of their income comes from tourism. What if the government gets you? They're lacking that. Infrastructure or not infrastructure. Rather, what if the um, government gets you? Theirs or China? Yeah. Uh, for what? I I don't know. Uh, it, what if I don't this know? Podcast? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying that like if I was over in China, I'd be like shit. They I know they listen to my podcast. Yeah, it's possible. Scan my face. Hopefully they're a fan. You know, in theory, they should be a fan. I can't justify it now, but... You might want to consider breaking into that market. That's a lot of people that... (laughs) That reminds me of South Maybe we should start this podcast over and rethink what we're saying. Nah, I ain't afraid of China. Not yet. Until they send me a notice, we're rocking. So, I don't know if you know this, Tom, but we're normally a uh, conspiracy podcast. Are you are you even aware of conspiracies or into conspiracies? I'm aware of them. Um, we're not talking about, like, the Bigfoots and, like, not even, like, the Flat Earths. Yeah, I, know, mean, I know that's kind of the, heavy. the 9-11s and the... Not even the 9-11s because... Then which, what are you talking about then? Just, uh, you know... A little bit of everything. Actually, no, those, those count. 9-11. Because I, I just feel like 9-11 has been kind of talked about for so long. It's like... Gotcha. But, like, are you, have you heard of anything just like, you know? Are, no, I don't stay current on conspiracy theories, if that's what you mean. Well, have you heard about the Jeffrey Epstein guy? Yeah. This is just a common one. Yeah. Um... Have you heard about the Jeffrey Epstein guy? Yeah. What about him? Do you think he was whacked? Yes or no? 
to be honest, I'm not exactly sure what he was convicted of. I know everyone thinks he was whack, so I'm going to go with yeah. Well, he's potentially responsible for a large pedophile oh, a ring lot of your, in database. A lot of your listeners probably like, damn, who is this idiot? But like he said, guys, I, I, I'm ha- I'm, half the time I'm not even in the country, so I don't even tend to follow what is current. Exactly, and that's what I was going to get into. Do you think that a lot of conspiracy theories or the conspiracy theory community might be more of an American thing? Because Americans seem like the ones that more so bring it up as far as when I when uh, when I'm looking through forums and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. no one's really bringing up conspiracies in other countries, so to say, about their politicians being crooked and all that. It's always like Americans talking about our government and the United Nations and everyone else's government. Maybe like Europe, American Europe, UK, our two Western civilizations. Well, it's certainly among the people I've met. It's not a common thing to talk about. But everyone, I'm sure, knows about the main ones, such as Um, (laughs) 9-11. But no, I don't don't think many people talk about it. Especially if you're from a nation where you have way better things to care about than, you know, you're you're thinking about your welfare. You don't really have time to think about these other things. Um, but no, I, I don't think other countries think about conspiracies as much as we do. I do think it's kind of like a... Um, first world thing that you have time to consider these sorts of options which is like a a kind of like a significance of your freedom of your the fact that you have the time to ponder these things is you know a blessing damn that was that's deep that's real shit when you think about it, guys. That really is. And I, I'm not going to lie. I've never really pondered even that deep about it. But I just thought it'd be a good, you'd be a good per, uh, person to ask about this, Tom. And that makes a lot of sense. Having the freedom to even dive deep into these wormholes is a first world problem. Excuse me. Because when you're trying to eat, and really trying to like make a living or something like this stuff is all like frivolous yeah absolutely and i mean unless you're like an actual journalist well, it's like it's not friz- frivolous look it's it, it serves still it serves a purpose these are still very valid points to consider yeah. and talk about and yeah that's what but, i'm saying yeah i used the wrong word for that but it's crazy when it, 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 I was just kind of thinking about it and I was like, you know what? Because I like to read into these because it's fun. And I, re, I mean, instead of like watching like TV programs and stuff mm. like that, I'll more likely read some shit, read into it, look into it, connect the dots. And then me and Tim talk about it or me, Dom, whoever. But at the end of the day, it's only because I have a job. I work. I can make money on different avenues. But for someone in another country who's fucked up 
or like their country itself, the infrastructure is bad. Like let's say you're in a rioting country like Brazil, Venezuela or something like that, or Sao Paulo. Not Sao Paulo. Um, fuck. I feel bad for fucking it up. Or shit, Israel. Their shit's fucking like kind of in a controversy and shit. All I'm saying is no one else is thinking yeah. about like this when little you, when bullshit. When you have more direct threats in front of you, what it doesn't even necessarily need to be like you can talk to a lot of people from even impoverished region of the United States. I bet you they're not considering this as much as people who are more well off and middle class and hmm. or maybe they're thinking of more local conspiracies but certainly I don't think they're yeah they're more th- concerned with like their local politicians yeah. and shit uh, that but is crazy I would think across the world it's not necessarily about even being hungry places um, like Israel they're a first world nation but I don't think they consider that because they have more direct threats like in their everyday life now I'm glad that you said that <laughs> because you you play video games right oh yeah I love video games what's one of your favorite video games that you're into right now the one that you play the most Rust, which I have an embarrassing amount of time. <laughs> you know, me and Tim have actually talked about Rust. I think our viewers know, you know, OG game, man. Start out with a rock and a torch. You can build your way up, get some guns and shit. Well, Microsoft has created or its VR system has allowed you to create a virtual world while we're um, while walking. And this isn't something that you can just buy in stores. It's something that, you know, some kids did or not kids, but, you know, some scholars did. And it uses multiple sensors to see things that are in front of you. And it guides you in a path through real world scenarios. And this VR technology is designed to appeal to those that have basically settled down in areas like a a ghetto, as you would say. Or like a place that's kind of like cheap on rent, but like just a fucking like you just some bullshit, you know. So you can walk around outside with a headset on where you're not seeing people. It's like you're seeing avatars. And you just walk through the world with like a, a digital headset on. That shit is fucking insane. How do you feel about that, Tom? Because that's my opinion. I just think that it's insane that we, we've gone that far. Well, I think it's obvious that the technology was going there. I mean, what else are you going to do? But I think that the direction of where they're going could be good. Like, there's a show on Netflix. I forget the name, but it was recently posted. And one of the shows is about memory. I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know what I'm talking about. And in this episode, the one of the world's leading record-holding memory people, whatever you call them, um, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Hmm. It's all good. 
We've been on that, uh, you know. Clearly, I need to take some uh, tips that, from this memory <laughs> show. It's that good. It's that good fine pine from California's finest. Um, well, I don't like how they describe this product. How it's for people that live in basically shit areas and they want to put things on them so they can't see real threats coming at them. So if you're gonna have this high tech technology, you're you're just gonna get robbed. Yeah, that's my point. In this show, they talked about how they use this for learning. And you can use... Black Mirror? No, no, no. Okay. It's the show sponsored by Vox. I forget the name of it. But it's First on, of all, it's fuck on Netflix. Vox. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of trash. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you for watching them. I'm just judging them. Because they went downhill. They went downhill. You got to watch something. I mean, yeah. yeah. I guess I ain't judging. You gotta pass the time. Netflix has been falling off lately. You gotta. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, if this was HoloLens, that's something that would be cool. If you could have a nice, solid interface and just see things, and like you can have your directions in front of you, especially if you're like on a bicycle and you have your HoloLens on, and it's like you have your Google directions with your Strava linked, and you're like, it you has your heart rate and everything, and you're like in it. That's why I think HoloLens would be dope, but at the same time, like, nah. I, I, I feel like, in my mind, and tell me if you feel this theory, my listeners may know, I don't see the dimensional scales on the way that we've been so-called taught. I think we're in the third dimension now to where the first dimension is the idea, and then, like, and this is really crude, like the second dimension would be like the idea, which would be the instructions, the code, your DNA, the molecules, all that. We're the third dimension, the manifestation of two and one. The fourth is like an addition to ourselves. So where it's going to be like we start fusing it. Some people call it man 2.0. But I think that's when we start putting the like the goggles on to alter our reality in our third dimension. So we have a fourth. And then the fifth is when we're actually like tapped into something like the matrix. I don't think we were going to be alive for the fifth, but I think our kids would, And that, you know, on the biblical sense, that's when they have the chips because they'll have a chip in them to so they can just tap into that bitch. I hope I don't want that to happen. That's very scary. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't like that. But it's going to be sold as a good idea. Like VR is now, like Oculus. Um, it's a slow well, integration. I'll just say, thankfully, it won't be in my lifetime. Bingo. Yeah. That, oh, yeah real shit. That's how it and is. It's like, it does <laughs> start happening, I will be on some island somewhere where that has not reached. Honestly, like I haven't, I haven't seen any type of VR stuff, even like the gameplay that I'm seeing now, it hasn't been good enough to make me want to go out and buy it. So that's why I, I know I'm not hooked, but I feel like once it's to the point where it's like, it seems like really legit and I might get it, that might be different. I hope I'm like old by then. It's like years in the making is they keep releasing it. It's not there yet to my liking. But then once it's like the Matrix or something, we just like put it on your head and then you're just like, oh, shit, I'm in this video game, like Grand Theft Auto. 
I'll do it when I'm like in my retirement years. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I've gotten into some, like I'm into cars as well. So I got into and gaming. So I got into sim racing for a bit. Um, Wait, uh, for the listeners out there, explain sim racing. It's essentially with the you got the steering wheel, the the pedals, the brakes, but you're playing a racing video game. Okay, what's your what's your poison? Uh, well, I like Forza lately. It's not much of a simulation, but as I was getting into, I got into that for a bit, and then I realized that while I love gaming and I've played games all my life, and I likely will play them all my life, I don't necessarily need all those fancy contraptions and, like, I've never done VR... Like you said, I might eventually as the games progress, but I don't ever see myself needing that expensive cutting edge, you, you know, new age, weird things. Like, I'm, I'm fine on just my PC and, you know, I got my Xbox controller that I hook up to my PC and I'm set. It's a very clean way to look at it, you know, classic, simple gaming. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a 90s kid. I don't see myself ever, you know. I'm not going to say never say never. I just, right now, I can tell that it's not where I'm at yet. Because I still remember when I was a kid, and I remember what, you know, virtual reality gaming was supposed to be when it was that, like, little bullshit from, um, it was the movie, I think, First Kid with Simbad and the kid is at like a at the mall with this virtual reality thing he puts on mm-hmm. and it's supposed to make it seem like he's in the game like man like once I realized how bullshit it was I was like okay like it's not there yet and even now it's good I'm not saying it's bad but not, no it's not to the point where I want to invest money and time into it and I would just hate to get caught up in my chair like zonked out with his, my fucking headset on like <laughs> yeah yeah. It it really depends on the games it, themselves. Right now they seem pretty basic and clunky. But I do like the games that you already play that you can adapt to VR. Like that's where it kind of comes in sim racing if you wanted to get into that is you know, using a VR headset is going to be that more in depth and how's the how's the sim community? Any hackers in that? I don't think that's a thing. I don't think race, racing <laughs> games have hackers. Oh, if there's a game, someone's hacking it. Um, there's people who will do... It's not even cheating. It's like, you know, slipping around the rules and getting ridiculous fast lap times that aren't realistic. But it it's not hacking or cheating, you know. It's just min-maxing, I guess. It's very interesting. It's still a video game at the end of the day, but. All right, all right. So what's uh, what's up with the whole sim racing thing, though? Like, how 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 you been in that? Oh well, I I don't do it anymore, because it's can be a very expensive hobby. It could be a, a affordable hobby, but it can be expensive as well. How much you dropping on a sim rig? Um. If you wanted a decent used setup, anywhere from I'd say starting two hundred dollars to you know for a 
for a quality basic setup would be a thousand dollars and then if you're on a professional level i mean upwards of 20 grand no but that's not for your average person that's on a if you're a racing driver pretty much now you're pretty good you know driving and tuning up cars and like actually building vehicles in forza the actual game and corsa seto another driving game um i mean you know our boy fluxy yeah of course he, he's a professional drone pilot now yeah he got a lot of practice off playing video games yeah just saying you know get behind that wheel put enough hours down on it might be able to get yourself a little contract because i know they have a lot of racing gigs if you go and use their driving rigs and all that so are you talking about for sim racing or for drone racing uh, both. They have like the sim racing. I know that they did one for PlayStation yeah. and other stuff. But I'm saying like, you know, if you're really real, tap into that market. So it, that's one thing that's interesting how many hobbies tie in. Like, since I'm a, I'm a fan of sim racing, but I'm also a fan of real life cars. Have been my whole life. And it's interesting how... Um, a lot of professional race car drivers, drifters, rally cross drivers. A lot of them were snowboarders or skateboarders or BMX riders. They started off with these physical activities that required balance and hand-eye coordination. Mm -hmm. And that eventually developed into, into their racing career. So they were able to apply that balance where a car is just like a big skateboard in a sense i mean it's just a big tool that you use your balance and to flop around yeah. the racetrack you just the balance is all around you rather than just under your feet that is it's weird that you say that because it is all about balance you know, I can I can name a few. Chris Forsberg, Ryan Turk, they all have a background in uh, BMX and dirt bike riding. Yeah. Used to skate back in the day. So, I mean, it does make sense. But I also think video games tie into a lot of the things. you And, and these have been proven that video games increase certain reflexes and reaction times oh that's a fact 100 your, your ability no. to track multiple items across a plane that's what's so fucked up too because there's all those people back in the day they used to talk all that shit on people that played video games not realizing that they're actually developing a faster high yeah. uh, hand-eye coordination I than mean, them it's with everything in life there's ups and downs you could argue about the social aspects of being a hermit playing video it's i'm not saying oh well like yeah, everything that, in moderation yeah bingo you know? bingo but some people like me and i could play video games fucking for hours on end oh, but absolutely. still i have friends like me like me and rust you'll see it's like why has this guy been online for 22 hours straight are you okay yeah that's good it's, <laughs> it's like did you have a stroke at the computer for, any, you, <laughs> for any of you out there who know about rust you'll understand it's like well you know see and that's squad needs me i can't and, just <laughs> and that's the difference between these motherfuckers that are out here playing these lame ass games like i'm not saying fortnite isn't a challenging game 
but there are way more comp- like, there are way more competitive games out there that could be displayed to showcase yeah. the game's engine as well as like strategy like rust i've seen mods of like people building bases and then doing like fighting and stuff and you know fortnite wasn't the first game that has this whole mining and stuff like that that's a rip off of no. a bunch of the games yeah. so it's just like i mean morrowind has had all that gathering stuff like a lot of games have had gathering yeah i just feel like that game was kind of a rip from a bunch of other games when it, it was compiled I mean, it together. certainly was not the first to do battle royale a lot of people don't realize this but i don't want to miss say anything and say that rust was the first to do a battle royale but it definitely was one of the very first it was the they've first. Had a, they've had a modded battle royale server for many, many, many years. It was the, that is very similar to PUBG, where you start in a bubble and you just randomly grab weapons out of a house, and last one standing wins. Well, they've that, had that for years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, not to cut you off, but like, that's what I was saying. Like, this game, it seems like Rust. I remember we were talking about the whole like, they had the whole battle royale, the circle closing, it seems like Fortnite took the, uh, the jumping in parachute from player unknown. And then it took the battle royale from Daisy, um, or H one N one where the bow the hill fucking that one PC, you know, I've never played Fortnite. Really? Never once. I, uh, I played it. I had to see if it was even worth the hype. And I was just like, it just, it, it's too arcadey. I'm just not a big fan of it. I don't have any shit to talk about the game. I'm not here to talk shit. I just could tell that it wasn't for me. So I never gave it a shot. But the build system felt just like like Rust. No. No. Not at all. It felt like a a cheesier version. You gotta play it. But again, this was like the early version. So before they made any updates. Like I played it when it was like meta. Like boom. If you look at the videos, when have you ever seen a PvP, PvP video in Rust of people building defensively like that in a fight? That's what I'm saying. It they it took that same feature, but they just they, they tweaked it. But you know when you're building a base, like you can like if as long as they don't fucking like That's do I mean, it, you it's can... different. It's you're building a a permanent semi permanent base rather than just using it for PvP battles. Because they're not building the full base. Like, Rust was like, you're right, the base. But you can add a wall. If you're about to raid something, you just put a wall up, put a wall up. Or if I'm like, so I've seen people put walls up really quick and, as like a form of protection because they know they're going to shoot That's it down. interesting. So those base building features are in Fortnite because of the, the original game that mm-hmm. was not the Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. So you were meant to build a base, but no one ever played that. The Battle Royale was the game that got popular. Mm-hmm. So they stopped, they stopped developing the original game. We don't even know really so what the original of, story it's is. It's kind of awkward they have those building mechanics, but like, what do you build with it? Just fucking skyscrapers because you're shooting a guy? It's just so weird to me. They're like, well, fuck it. We don't need to finish. We don't need to actually release the actual game. We're yeah, making we money got, off this free got, shit. We have our billions. I mean, I can't blame them, but uh, well, kind of. You could have hired a new team, so, but. I just think there's more, there's more actual tactical games out there for the PC community even. Oh, absolutely. 
Like, like, like for shooters, I get it. Counter Strike is classic, but why are we still showcasing Counter Strike? I think because it's like old reliable. Like, why do you eat the same place for lunch all the time? So which Just is better, you know Call of Duty or Counter Strike? And I, again, I love both these games. They're both fun. Well, I have not played Call of Duty in. Because it changes I mean, and updates and so much. Us, but I have not like genuinely played Call of Duty. So how can we have Call of Duty too? All right. So how can we have professional Call of Duty if the format doesn't cons remain consistent? At least Counter Strike Global Offensive. That's the updated version of the original. I still have the OG Counter Strike on my computer, and I have Global Offensive just in case I want to go back and forth. So, what I'm saying is we need to start looking at a new game with a new standard and. You know, I've probably said this to you before over a Discord, but Squad is that game. I know it's still in beta, but I think enough people need to play it where they need to see where it can go on. War games shouldn't be about predetermined spawn, uh, spawns. It should be about the OG. You have one place, one place, and then you all spawn in and like with your groups. And then you guys can create spawns through base building through a map. And then you have points that you need to take, just like any capture the flag objective. And whoever captures the most like objective points and runs out of maximum ticket lives or lives, like how in other games are, you, you die. And you have a certain amount of resources that you can obtain. And it, it's, it's the perfect strategic game because you have squads and then you have squad leaders. Squad leaders have a chain of command where they can talk to each other through their mics. Like anyone who's ever played this game knows how like structured it is. And it's only gotten better from like the previous updates that if you really did an esports thing, because they have a top down cam and uh, custom servers, man, that would be entertaining. Because like when you see that, just that lame ass first person view of just like the uh, the Counter Strike or in the has like the, uh, the silhouette. So like you can see mm -hmm. it, but they can't. And you know what, what, what that's so lame compared to like when you see them do the live um commentaries on a squad match going down like that's just like oh shit's intense because you can see them all trying to create their bases creating flanks yeah. and they're flying through it through the field and yeah well yeah as cool as a game as it is i i think they don't the reason want me to why produce. game the reason why games like counter strike and fortnite and PUBG are fairly simple as opposed to games like squad and Rust and Tarkov. Uh, maybe not Tarkov as so much, but more particularly uh, Rust and Squad. Is people don't like games that are too complex. Some people do, you know. I do, and Fame I does, do. and a lot of you guys do. But we gotta thin the herd. Yeah, I mean we're we're old school gamers. We kind of like complexity. Why else would you play it if it was simple? But, I mean, I, well, I can appreciate simple games, too. Like, racing games are pretty simple. No, I'll say this. I like mind-numbing games. Like, so I like myself uh, sometimes a good old Dynasty Warriors, like a Button Masher, Super, well, not Super Mario's, but, like, because Super Mario can be fucking hard. But just, I like games that doesn't take me a lot of thought, but I have enough skill throughout my gamer life. I mean, it doesn't take me a lot to do anything. I'm sure you've heard about these articles 
and how YouTube videos work and um, social media works where you need to grab their attention within the first few seconds or whatever it is so mm -hmm. that or else they're not going to pay attention. It's the same thing with games nowadays. I mean, they want these short, action-packed rounds and then quickly jump into the next round, quickly do another one. I mean, Call of Duty has been like that for a while, so it's not like these Battle Royale games are the new in that sense. Um, but they still but that, make a few. That's what people want. They don't. If you're gonna want to sell millions of copies, it's not really gonna be hyper complex. What about the game like? Uh... In an online sense, at least. Oh, we were you know, I shouldn't talk about offline single player because okay. obviously right, you right, have right, like okay. Skyrim and, and gotcha. whatnot that. <laughs> But yeah, in an online game, it needs to be fairly simple if you want it, in my opinion. I mean, if you look at a lot of the games that have sold, they're not too complex in their online games. You know, that was kind of a complaint of the Metal, I mean, of the uh, Modern Warfare Call of Duty game coming out. They were saying how it was, there was too many angles. Yeah, which is, I still don't understand what they really mean by that. Because, well, you're, in my opinion as a gamer, I want the most angles I can get. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because you understand what the, they're saying. The more, the better. Cause I, because I'm thinking about the offensive. See, and they're thinking about rushing and running gunning. Because Call of Duty maps are usually a traditional three-lane like system with mm. minor flanks within each lane or obstacles you can like hide behind. But me and you play grown man first-person shooters where rust everywhere there's an angle. Not to say I like to camp. Camping is not fun at all. But I have patience. That's why I loved Call of Duty 2 is my favorite with the old... Uh, World War One style Mosin-Nagant and the old single shot rifles that were very slow and meticulous with your shots. I feel like it's it's with Escape from Tarkov, a game that I play. You can camp certain positions that you know people might run, but people know the camping positions, so they know to look for campers. In a game like Rust, where maps yeah, and, and servers just, are pre just pre fire around the corner, and yeah, expecting that they're already there, mm -hmm. just in case. But on a game like Rust, if it's a pre generated, procedural generated map, yeah, and you have a base built or something that's like you can't really camp certain positions or no, you, you, you know the expect. angles. There's like, only very few scenarios where they expect where they're at, but for the most part, you're not everywhere is an angle, so yeah. you can't get caught slipping like in the mother games. So, yeah, I could see why you definitely would be more accustomed to playing a game with Rust where you have multiple angles than a game like Call of Duty where there is no angles. Huh. Well, shit. I know, uh... Oh, shit. No, before we go, how do you feel about microtransactions? In... Cause you're an OG head. You used to play video games when you used to blow in cartridges and shit when you weren't supposed to. Yeah. So I'm, it, if microtransactions are not anything that has to do with the game, I guess it's fine. Like 
not game-changing, you don't have any advantage, then I suppose it's fine. It's just, like, cosmetic. But... I don't really like the gambling aspect of it. I feel like if you're buying something, you should get what you pay for. So... You think that it's okay to charge me more money for a game I paid $60 for? Well, <laughs> Is that what you're telling me, my nigga? Well, it's... I don't know. Why you want to milk me dry? I guess micro... I guess I don't really know the terminology of microtransactions. Because micro sounds like they're a lot. And they're small. So, yeah, I don't like that. A lot of small transactions, that does not sound good. It's kind of like, yo. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I guess... It's hard to consider because Rust, as an early... Early adopter game they it was very cheap it was twenty dollars to buy but they keep doing monthly and weekly updates and releasing a lot of content so yeah if they release some paid dlc i don't mind that's fine they deserve it but when it comes to some of these triple a sixty dollar games that are from huge developers is kind of silly when they're nickel and diming you I get that because the same way the same way you would pay for extra content from Russ after all these, you know, years and the amount of hours you've put into the game, you would have no problem supporting the devs. I believed in Escape from Tarkov so much from the day that I played it, I immediately bought the $150 tier package. Of course, when it was on sale <laughs> for $80. So what I'm saying is like, even though it's not perfect, it's still not out. I, I support the games, but a game that's supposed to be like the game I got when I was a kid from, well, not Nintendo, because they really don't do that. They're not really dicks, but like PlayStation, when I get my CD and all my shit was on the game, I may have to unlock it or find it or something like that. There was no type of real DLC bullshit. There was paid content behind it. You know, Dark Souls was kind of like that. It was DLC free, but then they put in the extra maps and shit. And I was like, that's kind of fucked up, but they, it, it was a really good game. So I was cool with adding that. Um, the Witcher 3, I've, I've watched a lot of the reviews on that and I've heard that that was a really good game. So I... I'll, I'll give them that credit because I played The Witcher 2 and that was a really fun game. So I would assume that the third one is, but that game's long as fuck. Yeah, I never played any of the Witcher series. Mm, should give it a try. They, they've always looked really good. It's really tough. Like, combat really matters. It's kind of like, a, it feels like Dark Souls, but not as hard, but more forgiving. Mm. So you're more inclined to want to beat it. Dark yeah. Souls can kind of really break your shit. Yeah, I never got into Dark Souls either. Oh, Fluxy said it's, last time he was on, he was like, every gamer should give I it a try. I never got into Final Fantasy either. A lot of people are probably going to dislike me for this, but I, it, those games where you're on kind of a single path. You don't like turn-based shooters? 
in is linear game. They're called? Well, Dark Souls is a linear shooter. I mean, I don't. It's not, not shooter. It's a linear game that's kind of open world. You're kind of like on a story mode type of. You hmm. gotta reach a destination. Dark Souls Dark is like. Dark Souls is open world. It's kind of open world, but if you go to certain parts and you're not a high enough level, you're gonna get your shit wrecked and just die. Hmm. And some things are locked, some things are closed, but you can like maneuver and fall to certain places. Like if you fall off of one bridge correctly, you can access. It's also hard to explain, but the camera angle. You know how Final Fantasy and Dark Souls had that similar same kind of camera angle? Which Final Fantasy? I don't know. I'm not. Okay. I'm I think he's talking about the new one. But yeah, I can oh, see no, that. Oh, no, certainly not the new one. I haven't played them in many, many years. <laughs> um, actually, the last one I played was pretty fun. But they were always too complex for me. Dark Which Souls is kind of ironic because hard. we were talking about complex games, but I guess complex in another sense. These are more like timing games, almost like old school platformers. Like Dark Souls, you have to either dodge or parry correctly in order to get your strike. Just like you had to jump to the correct platform at the correct speed or like dodge mm-hmm. a bullet coming in. Like, have you played um, fuck that teacup game? Teacup game. Never Fuck. heard of a. I forgot game. the name. I haven't played it. It's been on my to-do list, but I kind of don't want to get angry, right now. Like you know, it's um. Fuck. Let me find. Let me find that shit. Normally we don't fact check, but fuck it. Cuphead, and that's what it was. Um, no, I've never seen this. It's a pretty dope game. It's basically made from like old school art. Mm-hmm. Let me show some videos real quick. I'm hating this fucking commercial. You know, you know what? It's your ad block. Nah, bro. nah, nah. I don't know why, but it's like they pay for advertisement where it's like for the past two days, they just start popping up. So fuck this fucking cheerleading school. Awesomeness TV cheerleaders. Like, why? Why the fuck? It's interesting that you get that. I do not get any of that. I YouTube. get this and the ones for the fucking uh, epoxy tables. Those have been Never the two that keep popping up, and it's like, tables. why? Why? And it's like, all my history, it's all conspiracy videos. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I used to get lawyers. Yeah, I got lawyers for a bit. Like, I don't know what YouTube's trying, but they're pretty far off. But this is like a new retro game they dropped, I believe, last year. Or two years ago. And I want to play it, but it's extremely hard, apparently. Hmm. Big onion and fries. Yeah. I bet these motherfuckers. It's IGN, so they're probably playing this shit on easy. Fuck IGN. Damn, I got a lot of subscribers. <laughs> so you fucks with the retro games? 
Um, like platformers. Not that I have anything like, against them, but no, I don't really fuck with them. I'm not current on them. I'm not into them. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, I grew up on them, so I can always enjoy kicking back on them, but I don't think I'm the type to really get into retro gaming. There's nothing, I, I mean, I ain't, I ain't hating on you for that. Every man teaches zone. Just asking, you know. It's hard to go back when you've <laughs> experienced 2019's technology. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I can still go back and play like my, old, my OG Xbox games. Yeah, no, I haven't done that in a long time. Is what it is. Well, shit, I don't think I really have anything on the bucket list for today. But, um, definitely was a pleasure having you here. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Any type of shout out you want to give? I want to give a shout out for Tim to not be in here. R.I.P. Holy shit, that's kind of a fucked up way to put it out there, but goddamn. He's not dead, but um, yes, RIP to him being here at this podcast. You know, rest in peace because his ass going to get knocked the fuck out. (laughs) Ah, shit. What's going to be a good old outro song? Red Wine by UB40. Really? That's what you want? Yeah. I mean, you're already getting copyright flagged anyway, so you might as well just go for it. Red Red Wine by UB40. Shit. Here we go. This is you. Red Red Wine by UB40. That's going to be the outro song for this episode of the Block is Hot podcast. I am your host, Famous Amos, and today we have with us a special game, special guest, and he goes a special gamer, special gamer, and he goes by the name of Tom. Um, well, I guess that's my uh, alias for this week. Hang, peace out, everyone. All right, tune in for the next week episode. For the next week's episode, it'll probably be with young Timothy Busnuts and Tommy. Thompson Tom (laughs) Enjoy (laughs) 